Hey guys, welcome back to the Frankie Boys podcast. This week we're going to be talking about aesthetic theory. This involves a lot of the symbolism within nature, uh, beauty, the sublime, and things of that nature, I guess. So there's a lot of symbolism and beauty and imagery all throughout Frankenstein. A lot of it develops a dark tone. Most of the imagery and symbolism is in the description of his creation, which is generally disgusting, horrifying, and grotesque. And a lot of Victor's nature throughout, especially the beginning, and as it develops throughout the creation's killings, it's guilt, and that's pretty much what drives his character. And that kind of connects to the first two parts of Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. He kills the albatross. He feels a lot of guilt, and that's pretty much all that goes through his head. Uh, he says, I had killed the bird, um, the bird to slay, and he pretty much repeats himself a bunch of times. And this, again, connects back to Victor because he just repeats himself and how much guilt he has over his creation's killings. Especially once it gets to the point after he kills his best friend, he is overwhelmed with guilt, and this is pretty much the second time he's actually gotten ill from his guilt. Um, a lot of Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is also carried through motion, and a lot of this is in the first part when it talks about how they travel higher on the sea every day till over the mast at noon, and this is pretty much them traveling to the equator. Um, and yeah, pretty much all the plot devices are carried through motion, and all of that is used through visual and tactile imagery. Talking about how fast the ship is moving and stuff like that. Um, also, after he kills the bird, this is a main shift in his personality, and that again mirrors the shift when Victor has his creation, he shifts because he thinks it's grotesque and he fears it and then it's pretty his character pretty much turns on its head and that's pretty much what happens right after he kills the albatross and that's really ironic because in this sense he only killed a bird and he's like freaking out about it but in victor's sense he created a person who kills a bunch of people so the irony in that death is very apparent I, uh oh you can go sean oh Oh, thank you, Hannah. That's so respectful. <laughs> what a great podcast, mate. So, I, 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 sorry, guys. Just a little jokes for the audience. Um, back to Frankenstein. I agree with you, Adam, that both are very ironic. And it's a little, honestly, it's a little scary how similar and, like, parallel these two stories are. At least from my perspective especially reading section three of the rhyme of the ancient mariner and it's they're both totally incredibly sublime and hyperbolic and so drastic for example in in the rhyme of the ancient mariner when he is when he sees the ship and he's like this he describes it as beautiful and majestic but in italics it's like the hard cold truth that ish is scary like a magic boat what is that you know 
so, but the same thing. It's just, they, the italicized cold truth, I feel like that also can represent Victor's thoughts. Because he seems to pretend a lot that everything's Jay chillin' and everything is good. And it's uh, not. And he doesn't make any moves to fix it, which leaves everyone powerless and without control, which is very, like, it's, it's really scary how similar they are, because just like Frankenstein's monster had no control, the ship and the people viewing the ship, they had no control of what's happening. So, yeah. It's, it's um one of the words that stood out to me was sublime when we're talking about aesthetic fear and when i looked that word up in the book one of the quotes that i found was these sublime and magnificent scenes afforded me the greatest consolation that i was ever capable of receiving and this was after he had created his monster this creation and the amount of guilt, as Adam had talked about previously, was just piling up. And I think um, by using this, we can see the double-sided nature of nature itself. Uh, you could use it for evil and terrifying stuff, and also for beautiful stuff. Uh, evil being he created this monster um, that is now on a rampage killing people. And then you can also just look at the silent like, like mountains and nature itself and just be like so calm and from, from it. And that just goes to show like how like flip floppy something could be and ambiguous something could be. So yeah, you, do you have anything to add? Um, yeah, so um, in my section, so I had part four, um, kind of along with, like, the nature thing. It's um, switching over to, like, human nature. Um, sometimes we don't necessarily, as humans, want to be alone. We're very social beings. But when something so drastic as, like, creating a terrible, like killer monster you i guess you could say that would make someone want to be alone and in the rhyme of the ancient mariner i have a little stanza that um states alone alone all all alone alone on the wide wide sea and basically he's talking about how like he wants to be alone and he wants to like be alone out on like the ocean and whatnot and in the very beginning of frankenstein we see Frankenstein sailing out on the sea trying to escape the monster because he's, like, so frightened by it. And I have another little stanza from the poem. Or not poem, I'm sorry. Um, and it says, seven days, seven nights, I saw that curse, and yet I could not die. And it's um, basically, like, not being able to escape the curse, which is relates to frankenstein not being able to escape the monster and how afraid of his own creation he was yeah my part was pretty similar to sophia's part the i had part six and it paralleled the the book very well because there's a there's a line in one of the stanzas stanzas that says doth walk in fear and dread because he knows the frightful fiend doth behind him tread and in the 
poem is talking about the souls of the sailors who had died. But if you think about it through Frankenstein, it's a direct reference to the monster chasing her and trying to ruin his life. And I think we have to look at aesthetic theory in two different ways, like Hannah said. Lots of people think it's about like the beauty in nature and the simplicity it can bring. But in Frankenstein, I feel like it takes the, the gorier side of it on how like anything beauty beautiful or simple can turn into something horrific and have a monstrous effect on someone's life. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Uh, I also saw a motif in edition of water. Obviously, they're sailing um, first towards the equator, and it kind of shows that as they get deeper into the story, this one little stanza says, water, water everywhere, and all the boards did shrink, water, water everywhere, nor any drop to drink. And I kind of see this as him losing his mind. And this, again, parallels exactly what happened to Victor. I mean, as he goes on, as he loses more and more people, William, um, and then, of course, his best friend and... Like, he just loses so much of his being and the nature that is so sacred to him. He just loses his mind, just like in the story. Uh, did, what other motifs did you guys see in common between the two? You know, honestly, I, I want to ask your opinion on this because I see it, but I also have a very weird way of seeing things. But I saw a societal motif. the The way they interacted in the rhyme of the ancient mariner and frankenstein are so incredibly like that's actually life like you can read about it but and it may not occur in the exact same form but it's just it's a sorry my lack of words today the it's just ah reiterating the truth that we sometimes forget that society and nations and interactions are one kind of thing and they move and are presented in different forms but yeah societal motif Uh, in, uh, uh, part five, um, like how Kelton was saying, just going back off of the terrifying part of nature, um, in one of the stanzas, it says, the dead men gave a groan, they groaned, they stirred, they all arose, um, and I thought that was kind of similar to Frankenstein, um, creating his monster and sparking him to life. And just, like, the parallel of, like, dead and fear and all that stuff. And, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything I, else that anyone wants to add? Um, I have just a little bit, like, I agree with you, Hannah, with the uh, motifs of fear and whatnot. I have a lot of fear in mind. Like, in my first um, stanza, the first two sentences say, I fear the ancient mariner, I fear thy skinny hand. However, I don't, I kind of don't see it as fear, like monster, like frightening. I see it kind of like, um, what, what are the, I don't think they're the Beatitudes. I'm being a bad Catholic, I'm sorry. It's like 
the like fear of the Lord. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I see it kind of like that. It's like awe inspiring. So it's like I fear the ancient mariner. It's like when someone says like I fear the Lord, like they're kind of like inspired by it, which kind of relates to like the idea of like sublime, and um, yeah. So it's yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's okay. We're all a mess today. Yeah. I think everyone can agree. So, yeah. I mean... I think that's all we have to talk about for today. Um, we have one more podcast left, and that's on Crafting Fear. So, tune in for that. And thanks for listening.